millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy. All right, this is probably take three at this point. I see my stream going out. Through my software, OBS appears to be working. It looks like you guys are seeing the disclaimer on the Rumble chat and on Pilled, so I think we are good to go. I was just telling Lee I never <laughs> want to like give any energy to this stuff before it happens, but every time it does, I'm, I guess I'm not super surprised. Nothing changed on my computer. Everything is exactly the same as it was last night when I had a, uh, a very small researcher on. But tonight... I am pleased to announce that Lee Dundas is joining me. She's a bit of a firebrand, at least that's uh, my opinion of her, and I think that it's uh, well-deserved as a descriptor. She's awesome. She is a uh, human rights attorney, and she's written a book entitled Just Stand Up, My Fight for Freedom from the Brothels of Asia to the Streets of America. And I know a lot of you are very passionate about the issue of child trafficking. It's one of... One of the big red pills that I had to take in 2015 with the release of the Podesta emails. I knew it was going on, but I just didn't realize it was institutionalized. So I'm really pleased to have Lee here tonight to talk about this and many other subjects. Yeah, I definitely got attacked, you guys. So do me a favor. I would really appreciate it if you could hit that like button. Also, share it out. Everybody hears and sees the stream. That is such good news. Very, very good news. Even over there on Getter. Yes. Awesome. All right. So please also do me a favor and uh, check out the link in the description of the video to Lee's book. We'll pass that out during as well. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and me and Lee Dundas will be right back after this. 
Bitcoin ETF is all the rage right now, and that's because a major financial player is just now resubmitting their application for a Bitcoin ETF. So as a result, investors are thinking this is just over the horizon. Mainstream adoption is right around the corner. Now, add to that, lawmakers recently voted to set guidelines on just when and how crypto firms should register with either the Commodities Futures Trading Commission or the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, while all of this is good news, an ETF only gives you exposure to crypto, not direct ownership. The whole point of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is to directly own an asset with a finite supply that is outside of any government influence. And my digital money can help you do that. With my digital money, you own your crypto, whether you invest in a crypto IRA or with a standard trading account. Now, remember, it's important to diversify your portfolio. And when it comes to a crypto investment, direct ownership is of the utmost importance. So don't get caught up in the excitement the media is trying to spin because nothing beats owning your own crypto and nothing beats investing in crypto through my digital money. Not only are you able to invest with them using a crypto IRA, but also a standard trading account, and it's all in the same platform. You also have the assurance that your assets are going to be put into a trust. That means that no matter what happens to my digital money, your crypto is always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, do so with MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. The link is in the description box below. And I should also tell you they have excellent U.S.-based customer service, so feel free to give them a call with any questions you might have at 833 362008. Invest with mydigitalmoney.com today. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Thank you so much to those of you who are still here with us. If anybody out there in the chat could let uh, the people who are arriving late on Rumble know that they're going to have to skip about eight minutes into the video so that they can get to the point where we can actually begin to have a conversation. Please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, Miss Lee Dundas. Lee, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And uh, it's always exciting with the technology challenges, but it's not my first time. I'm sure it's not your first time. The, the more exciting the talk, the more, you know, invested the other side is in, in squelching it. So I, no, I think you're absolutely right. And obviously, with the subject of child trafficking, uh, I mentioned the institutionalized nature of this. There's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I think that there's a, a spiritual component that's wrapped up in this as well. You know, it's not just about people uh, who are pedophiles getting off on victimizing children. I mean, I think that they truly do look at this as a part of some sick, otherworldly religion. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot to that. You know, um, uh, you, you talk to survivors often enough and you it's really rare to go very long or far into this world without realizing that it's sort of inextricably intertwined with um, satanic forces, dark forces, uh, there, there's the people who do the good work are not spiritually disconnected, but the same is true for the people who are making the good work necessary. They're not spiritually disconnected either. They're just on the wrong side of the spiritual equation. Yeah, so, yeah. um, there's, there's a lot, uh, to be said for the people who want to keep this quiet. A lot of the power brokers are uh, the ones perpetrating it or, or helping, um, keep it under wraps. And uh, when conversations want to start targeting it, they, you know, they do what they do. They try to interrupt the uh, the word getting out any way they can because so much the better for them. 
Absolutely. Uh, now, I mentioned in the introduction that people may or may not heard, have heard, but, you know, my, like, full realization of the, the breadth of this issue uh, came with the release of the Podesta emails through WikiLeaks. And I had very recently, before those came out, read a book called Secret Weapons about uh, a pair of sisters from Michigan, Cheryl and Lynn Hersha. And uh, they had been a documented uh, part of the MK Ultra program throughout uh, the 1970s. And one of them was brainwashed to be a honeypot. She was used as a a blackmail tool so that they could get politicians and and people from the corporate world uh, uh, under the thumb of the intelligence community, both here and then abroad. And then the other one was brainwashed to become a uh, an assassin of sorts. Uh, both of them had uh, disassociative identity disorder. Both of them uh, were profoundly affected. Uh, but what was really disturbing to me was that they described uh, in this institutionalized child trafficking industry that was being propped up by not only satanic forces, but more importantly, by the elements of the U.S. government within the intelligence community, uh, within the State Department. And their story is corroborated uh, by uh, documents that were released through the church committee hearings, uh, which detail the various uh, you know college campuses and scientific institutions where these specific programs were taking place and where certain doctors happen to be there practicing and have been publicly named as part of MK Ultra, So uh, that's a sort of long-winded way to get to the question uh, of, you know, widely, did you become interested in this subject as well? Because it's very dark and you are uniquely equipped to actually have an effect out there in the world as a lawyer. Well, it's a really good question. Um, I was a music major in college for a nanosecond until I realized I probably my highest and best use was not necessarily being married to an inanimate object. Um, and I wanted to be a dolphin trainer too, but they, they weren't paying so well that year. So um, <laughs> off, off I went to, off I went to law school, but I changed from music majoring uh, to sociology. I had always just sort of been innately intuitively drawn to what makes people tick. I was an odd uh, child. I say child because I was in college from 14 to 17 and oh. I got into yeah, I, I skipped high school. Um, I'm technically a high school dropout. So I was in college <laughs> from 14 to 17. And then I was, you know, doing all sorts of other stuff uh, in law school from 18 to 21. Wow. But during that time, I would read, you know, the, the woman who escaped Ted Bundy and firsthand accounts of um, serial killers from their own hand and, and the survivors of trafficking and rape and serial killers and very dark stuff. Um, I was just fascinated by the way the human mind worked in all of its um, beauty and all of its ugliness. And when I was in my third year of law school, I actually got an invitation from um, the district attorney's office. I was I was interning at the LADA's office, and they said, you know, you'd you'd be a great sex crimes prosecutor, you know, SVU style, right? Before SVU was a thing, this was <laughs> thirty mm-hmm. years ago, and um, Law and Order SVU, so, you know. And I said, well. I, maybe, but I've got a job from a big firm, and with all due respect, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go off and do that. But I always felt really guilty, and I knew that the the appropriate answer probably would have been let me stay and be a sex crimes prosecutor because I was just I loved the work, I was fascinated by the work, um, and and yet I went off into the corporate world, and I didn't really come back to it until ten years ago. It was uh, 
summer of 2013, my husband and I had sold our business. We were traveling. I got bored and I started cold calling anti-sex slavery nonprofits that were operating on the other side of the world in Australia, New Zealand, Asia, because that's where we were at the time. And I said, hey, I'm, you know, a soccer mom with an eight-year-old from Orange County, California, and I'd love to volunteer. And one for one, I know this is going to be shocking to your viewers, but they were like, you're who from where and you want to do what? Click. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what the heck, lady? Right. So, uh, but you know me, I'm, I'm persistent and I was as persistent then as I, as I've been during the um, last three and a half years. So eventually somebody called me back and, um, I did some work in Vietnam and Thailand and Cambodia when we were traveling over there and I came home with a job as a general counsel, the in-house lawyer, as you will, if you will, for the um, anti-sex slavery nonprofit that, um, had actually called me back. And it sounds very sexy and like you're doing legal work, but actually what I'd been hired to do was to open their Southeast Asia office and start hiring, you know, and vetting and running former special operators, Navy SEALs, SWAT team, those kinds of guys Mm -hmm. into the brothels, posing them as Johns, as pedophile buyers, um, and outfitting them with, you know, wristwatches that were high definition, low light audio video recording devices so that we could start getting you know, actual evidence and then working with the governments in those regions to go in and um, bust the brothels, put away the traffickers and the buyers that the men who would fly there to buy these seven year olds and rape them and get the girls out and get them help. And so that's what I was, I say happily, but happily enough ensconced doing right up until March of 2020 when all of a sudden I was like, yo, there's a bigger problem in my own backyard in America than there is in Thailand and Cambodia right now. Um, and of course I could see it rather easily. I had a chaotic upbringing as a child. I had one good parent, one not so good parent. Um, and I think a lot of us who were raised like that, uh, got used to listening to our internal voice and listening to our intuition and not ignoring our gut instinct and looking at the writing on the wall and taking our cues from the environment. Because if you didn't, things, things went very badly. Um, and the other thing that I noticed is anybody who had ever spent a day uh, either living or working, um, which I had done both at that point in communist countries or other totalitarian regimes, also were pretty ear to the ground, well attuned to what was going on in America. And they were like running around saying what I was saying, which is, hey, 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 if we don't stop this, we're going to be in a world of hurt soon. Um, and I've never been wishing I were wrong as much as I was back in spring of 2020. And of course, regrettably, you and me and the rest of all of us sounding the alarm were unfortunately correct in our analyses. But yeah, that's sort of how I got into the trafficking. And you know, it's a bad day in America when people like me say, I wish I were in a, in a brothel in Thailand doing sex trafficking work with seven year olds because, um, I mean it when I say that, but that should give you just some freaking idea on a barometer of how bad we are here mm-hmm. that the people who fight sex slavery would rather trade out what I'm doing now to go to go back and do that. But here we are. So, no, a- absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that the same forces that are fighting against people like us telling the truth about what our government is doing to us, what uh, this kind of, uh, you know, 21st century corporate fascism that's being rolled out uh, is going to mean for the future of this country. They're the same people who fight against the raising of awareness and the the stopping of these types of practices. Uh, you are lucky enough, uh, same as me, to have had a number of articles written about you in a publication by the name of Media Matters. They are absolutely obsessed with people like us, uh, and they do everything in their power to try to denigrate and uh, just, you know, smear our characters when 
you know, I mean, you're, you're doing God's work as far as I'm concerned, you know? I mean, like, that work, especially in that part of the world, is so vitally important. I mean, there is a thriving child sex trafficking tourism industry. I mean, people from Western nations will pay a pretty penny to fly into Asia and essentially have their way in whatever way they want. I, 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 I'm, I'm shocked, even though I know that, that it, it's out there. But I mean, every single time, I just can't reconcile within my brain how people can want to stop you from doing that type of work or, or try to make it more difficult for you. Yeah, it's funny. My daughter, uh, who I, you know, like most parents, largely tried to protect a little bit, but not overly much um, from sex trafficking. She's 19 now as of a couple weeks ago. But we went and saw Sound of Freedom um, in July when it came out. And she posted about it. She was moved. Her heart, you know, was impacted by it, as you want the, the human that you're raising up to be. You want them to be empathic. You want them to be moved and, and certain and communicative. And so she posted some stuff on social media about having gone and seen the movie. And 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 people trash talked her. Not obviously a lot of people, but some. And she came back to me. This was sort of her her first foray into the world of you know I you know I I think I get trash talked probably every second of the day for the last three and a half years, but not my child. And she came back and she goes, "Is it me, or is something wrong with you if you're slamming people who are talking about sex trafficking? Like, what are you hiding? Mm-hmm. If you're a guy who doesn't, you know." I get that there's different points of view. I get that you might disagree with who the producers were of the movie or how the money is raised or what the money is being done. But, like, nobody can argue the fact that more people are talking about sex trafficking this month than ever before because that movie came out, which is in and of itself, just taken from that narrow viewpoint, a good thing. And who the hell would disagree with the, the awareness being raised on that unless you're a pedophile, right, Mom? And I'm like, yeah, well said, babe. Unless you're a pedophile, we're working for him. Yeah, those are the only people who really, I think, are trying to keep sex trafficking in the closet. Because if you're a remotely sane person, you want more awareness focused on this. I mean, Mm -hmm. to your point earlier, it's a $150 billion a year industry. 40 million, million people are currently enslaved. That is like waking up tomorrow for a frame of reference and having every single person in the state of California, because that's how many people we have here right now, having them be handcuffed to a bed being raped 10 times a night for profit or chained to a shrimping boat until they die or a mine in Africa. Like that is what we are talking about. It is a humongous problem. And yeah, there are, there are sex tourists who, who leave Chicago and Atlanta and LA, you know, every damn day. And they buy a one-way ticket to Cambodia and they get a dental uh, substitute doctor to cover their dental practice or their architectural mm. firm or whatever they do, their accounting thing, and and off they go to, to practice um, whatever their perverse heart desires in these foreign countries. And the fallout is horrific. I mean, you have these families who sell their children to the brothels, not because they're evil. I, I was very much a black and white person before I started doing this work. Yeah. I I had all sorts of preconceived notions that I didn't even realize I had. I thought I thought much like you guys probably, if you sell your child to a brothel, there must be something wrong with you. Um and I thought that right up until the day that we took a Christian film crew into a child brothel and we're interviewing a twelve, thirteen year old girl who was sitting in a corner, you know, her face in the shadow artfully, you know, like we, we like we all do when we're doing a 20, 20 or 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we asked her, hey, did you know here, did you know when you got to this town what you would be doing? 
Because no. in Europe, so much of the time, it's a bait and switch. The girls are kidnapped into it, and they're yep. told they're going to be one thing, and they wake up in a brothel, and it's a different. It's a bait and switch. Yep. And she looked dead into the camera, and she said, "No, I knew exactly what I'd be doing when I got here, but I'm not unhappy because my seven brothers and sisters have food on the table, and they're not starving." It's the sacrifice. And yep. And I, I remember standing there with my jaw on the ground, along with all of the other white people in the room. Our <laughs> Christian Australian film crew who were 20 years old with their hands shaking and crying tears on their tripod. And, you know, the religious pastor organization that backed my anti-sex slavery nonprofit and everybody in between. And all of us were just like, oh, wow. Because really, I mean, this is this is a question your viewers need to ask themselves. Is it any more or less wrong to not sell your eldest daughter to a brothel so that 100 percent of your kids die this year? Is that a better outcome? I mean, what a choice to be forced to make, you know, and I mean, coming from a first world country, I I think that, you know, the the revelation of that would be shocking to a lot of people. I mean, you know, I I don't think anybody here watching tonight could imagine themselves being placed in that position where they have to make that choice. But, you know, what's interesting is that the track that America is on right now is it's pushing us Going there. out of yes it's pushing us out of that first world status into second and third world status and yep. at the same time they are lessening taboos about sex work sex trafficking they're trying to make this appear as if it's not a huge problem when it actually is and so i think ironically we are on that same track where in a very close uh, in the future people may be forced with that type of decision now Lee, I mean, it seems that maybe it's just that awareness of this problem is greater in that part of the world, or maybe it's because of the lower socioeconomic status, and maybe it's more accepted. But I, you know, do does this span across the globe universally? I mean, okay, so this is everywhere. It's why is it that we know more about it in Asia? Um, in Asia, it's more overt. In third world countries, Africa, Asia, Southeast Asia, South Asia, India. Uh, some of those, some of those countries, some of those towns and those places, it's just more overt. So you can walk in, like the town that I work in, in on the, I work in this tiny little town called Sungai Kalak on the southern border of Thailand where it meets up with Malaysia. And there's nothing in this town except for 140 child brothels. So they have taken oh over every single bank, every single everything. <sighs> and you walk into this town, and you can buy a child. You walk into a, a bar brothel, looks like a little karaoke bar brothel, and you say, oh, yeah, you know, you look at the menu. I'll take a $3 beer and a $3 burger and number 18. Mm-hmm. And number 18 is a girl. And you have your beer and you have your burger and fries. Maybe you sing a little karaoke with your mates. And then you go into a room in the back and you you, you do what you do. Um, and that is different than in most towns in America. Can you buy underage girls for sex in America? Of course you can. Is it that easy to do it? No, it's not. So the issue is not whether sex trafficking is happening versus not happening. It's happening everywhere, in every country, in every town, in every big city, in every small town. People say, well, not in my town. And I say, well, do you have a a hotel? No, no, we have a motel, though. I'm like, then let me tell you something. At some point in time already or very soon, some pimp is going to go do a sale of a girl for money to a buyer in your town and bingo, you now have sex trafficking because it's, it's the hotel motel trade. That's where it's at yeah. nowadays in America. Yeah. 
but you have to work for it a little more in America than you do in Asia. So it's just more in your face in Asia and people know that. And so because they can see it, they think it exists. But the fact that you can't see it as easily here doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It still exists. It's just not, like I said, as in your face. So I, I've asked you about the socioeconomic status of the people involved in this in terms of the the, the product. But what about yeah. the, the customers? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned some higher level socioeconomic uh, uh, customers for this particular product. Uh, have, have you seen, uh, you know, a variance in the types of people that will go abroad to, to engage in this type of behavior? I mean, are, are we talking about an elite phenomenon or does it cross uh, all economic barriers? It crosses all economic barriers. And when I was back and forth for six months, almost, we were traveling um, the year I started doing this work. And we had flown back from Southeast Asia into Australia for our flight home. And the cabbie uh, that we got into was like, oh, you're in Thailand. Yeah, I'd love to go there. I have some girls I see over there. I mean, and my daughter was eight at the time. And in the back seat, I was like, what the hell? Shut up. (laughs) But but yeah, it's, it's every man. But I think we have a perception courtesy of hollywood that it's the skeevy guy the old guy the grungy guy who's a little socially awkward in the trench coat standing outside your daughter's junior high you know waiting to flash some 12 year old kid coming out of seventh grade and and there is that that does go on don't don't get me wrong but there was an interesting study that came out right before i started doing this work in 2013 so it's a good decade old now um and they did an analysis of online buyers male pedophile type buyers well actually it wasn't geared to pedophiles it was male purchasers of sex online in georgia not russia georgia but atlanta georgia Mm -hmm. um and they they placed an ad and they waited for men to respond online and they gave them a, a very gradual warning at the outset that said hey we know you were looking to buy sex tonight but we think we might be out of adults and they wanted to see what percentage of men would Maybe they weren't looking to buy a kid for sex. They were looking for adult sex. But when the opportunity presented itself, would they complete the transaction? Mm-hmm. So that was the first warning. If the guy continued past the first warning, it was a, a elevated warning at, you know, the second time, which was, Hey, yeah, we're out of, um, girls over 18. So you're going to be getting an underage minor for sex. And if they proceeded past that point in the electronic transaction, the third warning was basically bam between the eyes. And it was like, Dude, hey, MFR, you're buying a kit for sex. That's illegal. Are you sure you want to push go? <laughs> and they wondered what percent of men who were looking to buy adults for sex would continue. And wouldn't you know it, almost half. Oh I think it was God. 47 or 49%. But the other, so we, I think it was 47% <clears throat> continued all the way through. They didn't care that they were getting a kid. They didn't start looking for a kid, but they didn't care. And here's the other kicker. 49% and I may have it back it may I may be flip-flopping these but 49% of the men were not minorities not lower class and they were married with kids at home so it was basically your white upper you know middle upper middle class well-to-do guy with a wife and two kids at home and and the reason for that it's super simple it's the advent of technology mm-hmm. the guys wait for the wife to go on a business trip to chicago and then they order up their Domino's pizza, and then if they're bored, they send the two their two daughters down the street to the Girl Scout sleepover, and then they order sex online. And they don't have to get in their car. They don't have to go to a bad section of town and risk getting held up. They can just sit in the comfort of their own living room and get sex as easily as they can get pizza and beer. And that's a problem. That's one of the downsides of technology. 
Yeah, it certainly has made it uh, far more easy for people to engage in this type of behavior. And as I said earlier, I mean, it seems like the powers that be are working to make those barriers even lower than they are today and, and to make people feel okay about engaging in this stuff. I mean, you know, you hear about OnlyFans all the time, and I was shocked to hear just how many Regular women out there are using OnlyFans as like their their side hustle. I'm sure you heard about the Democrat in Virginia uh, who is a nurse, mother of two, and her and her husband uh, were just found out to be engaging in this type of stuff, like selling videos online. And she's not dropping out of the race. Uh, I mean, like it's it's like you know this is totally normal now. It's just part of society. Um, real quick, I need to do a couple of quick thank yous to Eleanor Two Thousand over on Rumble. She says. Thank you, Zach, for the great examination of the Illuminati last night with Duppy. I love Lee Dundas and her incredible story exposing and fighting child slavery. And then also Tibster says, thank you, Lee, for being such an amazing voice, example, and overall fighter. So, uh, Lee, uh, now that you're here in America, you're not uh, over in Asia, are, are you working on the same issue here at home? Because uh, I live down here in Florida, and uh, Sheriff Grady Judd in Polk County, he's like the only sheriff that I see putting on these grand press conferences where they're catching all of these guys in uh, in sting operations. But I know it has to be happening all across the country, but it's just – it's not something you often hear reported on, but it sounds like it's – something that's common it's it's actually there's a lot of good law enforcement officers doing a lot of good work and there have been for a lot of years now when i got involved um i was put on a governor not governor uh congressman ed royce who at the time was the head of the house foreign affairs committee in congress he had started a congressional committee to focus on sex trafficking and human trafficking um, and I was appointed by him to that committee in 2013. And, uh, there were a, it was a good cross section of folks. Um, they really wanted a collaborative group to start looking at ways to deter sex trafficking and human trafficking. And, and the ways are not that novel in many cases. It's, hey, stiffen the penalties and actually enforce the law. Um, which drops demand, as you might imagine, and get awareness out there so that mommies and daddies and, and girls aren't oblivious to uh, the, the tips and the tricks that the pimps use to get the girls into the trade. So uh, a lot of good work done there. Orange County at the time had, we, I think, out of all the counties in the country, had the very first human trafficking um, task force. We still do have that. And we have members of Santa Ana Police Department and Irvine Police Department and Newport Beach Police Department and Orange County Sheriffs, along with faith leaders. There's Catholic folk and Mormons and Jews and Christians um, and lawyers and uh, nurses and just everybody who really does a, a broad um, uh, just just comes around these girls when they get pulled out of the life to do two things, to prosecute the bad guys and get the girls help. And Orange County was one of the very first prosecutorial bodies that had a vertical prosecution unit for just sex trafficking, not sex crimes. That's obviously, um, and, and what a vertical unit is, in case your viewers aren't aware of this, in many prosecutorial bodies, uh, prosecutors will move case to case. So you might have a drunk driving case one day, and then the next case you're prosecuting is two guys who were in jail and escaped, which is a crime when you escape from jail. And then it's a burglary or something. But a, a while ago, decades ago now, in some of the bigger cities that see a lot of crime, they realized they were re-traumatizing the women who had been raped 
um, by making them repeat their stories over and over to a roving band of police and prosecutors. So what mm-hmm. they decided to do, shockingly and wonderfully, is say, okay, when we get a sex crimes call of a potential rape victim or child abuse case, we're going to send one dedicated cop or two, you know, one or two dedicated cops, one or two dedicated prosecutors out to the scene. And then they work that case from start to finish. So oh, they only have to idea. interview that witness one time. And she's not having to tell, oh, and then the rapist did this to me. And then he did that to 18 different people over the course of two or three years of prosecution. That is why they're called a vertical prosecution unit. They're assigned one time and they stay with that case from the start all the way up through the finish of it. Um, anyway, the, the very common for rape and for child abuse. And then Orange County decided we were going to assign two prosecutors to be only sex trafficking crimes prosecutors. And now I think they're up to two and a half or three full-time DAs who do nothing but that. And word was getting out. We would bust pimps here in Orange County and, uh, and they'd, they'd be in jail talking, you know, the, all the record, the conversations are recorded in jail and they'd be like, yo man, you can't bring your bitches here into Orange County. You'll get busted. Do 10 years. You gotta, I mean, like legit, these were real tapes that we were able to hear. You'll like, love to hear it. Were, <laughs> Pips were putting the word out to their brothers on the street, like, don't come to Orange County, you'll do hard time here. And we were actually taking that show on the road when there was federal and state money and going to other jurisdictions like Florida, like Arizona, like New York, and saying, this is what we've done so successfully. Um, don't reinvent the wheel. We've made some mistakes. Don't make the mistakes we made. This is what works. Go to it. Um, but of course, one of the, one of the downsides of the last three and a half years is we've been defunding the police in the yeah. first the first groups to get the axe are the luxury departments. Well, what is that? Those are the vertical prosecution units for rape, for child abuse, for sex trafficking. And that's unfortunate. The most effective. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Uh, Lee, uh, in California, it's a interesting place, as I'm sure you know. Um, has the prosecution of these cases changed in any way since Gavin Newsom um, successfully lowered the age of consent to 14 yeah, we have some real charming ringleaders in our state. There's Senator Pan and his his buddy, um, Senator Weiner. You could you just couldn't make this stuff up. I mean, you just can't. <laughs> senator Weiner is a gay senator who um marches very loudly and proudly in gay pride parades half naked in his black leather pants and with Senator Pan pushes through all the bad vaccine legislation, but also all of the bad legislation, you know, against kids in general in the state, including making statutory rape not really be statutory rape anymore if the girl is within so many years of the guy who's the perpetrator and doing all sorts of things. So Newsom, as many Democrats, unfortunately, and I, I don't mean Bobby Kennedy Democrats, the old Democrat Party, yeah. which is just another political party. I mean, the new Democrat Party, which is basically the Communist Party. Radical left. Clothing. The radical left and, and, and the radical right. I mean, you've got corporate fascists, which you mentioned at the top of the hour, meeting the old communist guard, and they're both so far left and right, they're like overlapping. Come around. And, uh, <laughs> they've come around. Yeah. Like the rainbow is full circle right now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it's a, it is a horrible thing what they're doing. I mean, you know, we're, we're uh, like, you can have abortion all the way up until the 10th month and kill the baby when it's out of the mom and it's not illegal. And I mean, the things they're doing with the story hours with the drag queens and um, eviscerating a lot of our sex trafficking laws and, and rape laws, it's really sad. And they'll be the first to say the Dems and Newsom and his wife, Jennifer, will be the first to say that they're 
tough on on trafficking and yet they're gutting the laws that actually work that mm. put the bad guys behind bars and protect the women and i say women because it's largely women although not only women yeah. who are victims of these crimes and and it's the exact if i may opposite direction from what you should be doing and going in if you really want to fix the problem of human trafficking sweden yeah. Sweden has a 51, or it did at the time 10 years ago, 51% female legislature. And shockingly, this majority female legislature decided they were going to elevate uh, the crime of trafficking in their country. No, sorry, the crime of buying women for sex, whether underage or adult, in their country to be the equivalent of a U.S. felony. You were going to do seven plus years hard time. If you Good. got caught picking up a woman, even a woman who was 35 on the street in, in Stockholm. And do you know what that did to the incidence of sex trafficking in Sweden over freaking night? Sunk like a like stone. A yeah. Yep. Good. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, I, that's that's such a, a logical progression of events right there. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they're they're taking these laws off the books or they're making it, you know, not such a, a hot commodity to people who might want to prosecute it in, in order to, to push it out into the mainstream and ensure that it happens. Is Pan the same guy who wanted to make it no longer illegal to knowingly give somebody else HIV? Was that the same guy? I think that was Wiener. That was Wiener? I okay. I don't know. I, it might have been, I think it might have been Wiener. But yeah, I mean, I, again, like, where do you get off? If you have AIDS and you knowingly don't disclose that to your partner and convince them to have sex with no protection and they get AIDS and die, how is that different than lying in wait and executing them at point blank range? How is that the different right. minimally from drinking a fifth of vodka getting in your car? Maybe you didn't intend to kill the three-year-old who's on the sidewalk in front of you, but yeah. you should have known it was a likely possibility because you'd had a fifth of vodka in your system and it wasn't your first time driving drunk. Like, how is this any different? And in the old days, which isn't that long ago, back when I was a child and young adult, we prosecuted criminals, even if they didn't intend to break the law. We prosecuted them, but I'm sorry, if you have a sexually transmitted disease and you knowingly go give it to somebody else, especially a deadly one like AIDS, I, minimal manslaughter, if not straight up murder, like it meets all of the elements that would otherwise be required. But my states go in the other direction. And why? Well, the communists had 45 goals, one of which was to normalize perversion. Why? It breaks up the family unit, increase the rate of divorce, allow divorces to be had easily, um, take over the student press, you know, take over both political parties, uh, censor people. And uh, the more you normalize perversion, and the more you normalize all of these types of things, which is what's going on right now, the more you eat away at the fabric of the nuclear family unit. Mm -hmm. And the nuclear family unit is the bulwark. It is the defender against communist or any other fascist or totalitarian regime's encroachment. Absolutely. So literally, like I work in Cambodia. Like Cambodia had a communist revolution in the late 1970s when I was a kid. And Bolpot came in, executed one quarter of the Cambodian population, point blank, into little shallow graves where to this day, when the rains come, it will wash away the silty, sandy <clears throat> earth and the bones of the dead to this day, every year during typhoon season, will rise to the top <clears throat> of the graves. And these people will put the little bones and the skulls in this monument that my daughter and I ended up in front of when she was eight years old and... I thought she was going to need some therapy, but it turns out it just made her a very well-adjusted human. But I am here to tell you that one of the first things those people did when they took the families, 
mainly rich people, by the way, uh, intellectual elite. If you wore glasses, yep. you were targeted. If you didn't have calluses, you were tar- basically if you weren't a farmer. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we're the people with brains and money, and they wanted to get rid of us because we're the biggest threat. If you're going to overthrow, you know, somebody, you don't want people with brains and money fighting back. Yep. So they dragged them out into the farming community, starved them to death in many cases, but they would separate the children. From the parents and the children were emaciated. I mean, we're talking Ethiopian 1980s TV ads, mm-hmm. skeletal emaciated, right? And so in the morning and at night, coming and going, the lines of kids separated from the families would pass each other. And sometimes the mom or dad would have caught a cricket while working in the rice paddies and they would hand it off to their child and say, eat it, right? It's protein. Like this is huge <laughs> when you're starving. And do you know what the communists would do? They would bribe the children to rat out their parents. Mm. And if they ratted them out, they got a big old meal for you know many meals, way more than the cricket, right? Yeah. And then, of course, the parents would be executed because the parents were trying to protect whatever shred of family they had left. And you can't have that. You can't have that in a communist country. You can't have that in a fascist country. That's why the Holocaust went the way it did. They destroy families. They separate families. When you look at what they're doing right now, the normalization of perversion, yep. the not being allowed to notify, the school cannot notify in my state now, you know, if you're using different gender pronouns, if you're getting an abortion, medical care is suddenly down to the age of 13, 14, you can consent to get STD checks, you can consent to get a vaccine. Okay, what 12, 13-year-old boy is going to keep track of his vax record so he knows that he's not taking... I can just see it now. Oh, man, man, I got my pertussis shot four times. Oh, I dare you to get an eight, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. these are things that could kill children. There's a reason, as I said to the Orange County Board of Ed years ago, there is a reason that children do not vote, drink, drive, have sex, or die for this country. And it is because their frontal lobes are not fully developed, not even until 18 or 21, but until 25. Mm Mm-hmm. But minimally, we say 18, 21 in most cases, that you can't make these big life-altering decisions, including genital mutilation. But hey, it's a beautiful thing if you cut off your genitals, because you know what? From a communist mindset, from the old Cambodia Pol Pot mindset, from the Stalin mindset, from the Hitler mindset, guess what you're not going to do without your ball sack? Breed. Or your vagina. You're not going to create. And they are going to have an easier time running roughshod over the country. Divorce, perversion, all that stuff means you're not procreating. Absolutely. Part of the communist agenda. Uh, Lee, Lee, I want to continue on this thought track, but we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. So we're going to be right back in just a moment. And I'm going to have got a couple of thank yous. So don't go anywhere. We'll be on the other side. You know, a lot of people don't understand that digestive issues are frequently caused by a toxin that's present in virtually all of the, quote, healthy foods scientists have been telling us to eat with their fraudulent food pyramid for the longest time. And according to Dr. Gundry, who is a world-renowned cardiologist and best-selling author, it's these toxins that cause the issues so many people face. Millions of people nationwide are living in agony every single day. And the warning signs include weight gain, fatigue, digestive discomfort, stiff and achy joints, and even skin problems. And you see, Dr. Gundry explains these side effects are often mistaken for the normal signs of aging because they usually develop over a matter of years. You see, this is progressive. In some cases, it even takes decades. And because we've been lied to, you probably have no idea that the damage to your digestive system is likely caused by these health foods, and it's far from normal. 
Now, the good news is you can fix this yourself from the comfort of your own home. It's really very simple. You just have to know which foods are actually healthy and which foods contain this hidden toxin. So you can find out for yourself by clicking the link in the description below. GutCleanseProtocol.com forward slash Zach. Once again, that's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Z-A-K. Because after years of research, Dr. Gundry has decided to release an informative video to the public, totally free and uninterrupted, showcasing exactly which foods you need to avoid. So once again, click the link in the description below to visit gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach and find that free video. You're going to thank me for it because it's totally free. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, thank you very much to Dr. Gundry for sponsoring the second half of the program. Please check out the link in the description box below. Let me go over these thank yous. Fredo, and actually, let me refresh the rumble chat on screen because people are saying that it's not moving. And the crazy thing is that uh, it's supposed to be pulling it directly from what's on my screen. So let's try that again. And uh, hopefully that's going to work for everyone. Let me say thank you to Freight Awakening, who says, uh, highly, thank you for your work. I think we are for once virtual neighbors. I am in Costa Mesa near the fairgrounds. And I love seeing California people showing that we are not as blue as people think. God bless. And then also very generous donation from my good friend Robert Beatles, Crypto Beatles. He said, God bless you all. Have a great weekend. It's up to God and us. So, Lee, I'm really glad that you've highlighted uh, the, uh, the, the, the communist menace because I would imagine your work in Asia allowed you to make a lot of parallels to what we've got going on here right now. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of people, this is obviously something that I think we have to talk about, but people are easily dismayed because it seems like we are on this nonstop, unstoppable track uh, to a communist future here in America. What what do you recommend people do? I mean, how do we reconcile what we're seeing and and fight against it? Yeah, it's a you know it's a really good question, and I think the first step is education and awareness. Whether you're talking about sex trafficking or or trafficking or the communist threat, if you if you you cannot defeat something that you don't really know, right? I mean. To, to quote pithy phrases that we've all heard before, know your enemy, right? Like you need to understand the situation before you walk into it um, in order to correctly uh, apprehend what's going on and know what you need to do to defeat it. So if you're not aware of what's going on with America, start by tuning into podcasts like this and going and listening to speakers who are sounding the alarm and read up on it and travel to communist countries. I mean, there's really no substitute ever, you know, show versus tell, 100% of the time, pictures worth a thousand words, show, show, show. So people are like, oh, you know, I just wish my kid were be, would be as well adjusted as your kid. I'm like, yeah, well, I took her to the Cambodia killing fields when she was eight. I didn't intend to. It was sort of an accident, but she never forgot what it was like to be skull, you know, eyeball to eye socket with a skull of a dead kid who had been executed at the hands of Pol Pot. And Unlike, I mean, I'm sitting right now in case your people are like, is Lee living in a car? (laughs) It has, I'm not going to lie. It's, I I kind of am living in my car right now, but I'm moving my daughter back to college and she's at a liberal university and, um, and I don't really worry about her because this child knows exactly where communism leads and, uh, you'll, you'll be a skull floating up during typhoon season at some point. 
So show your kids. Quit taking them to Disneyland and Disney World and the Grand Canyon. They've seen enough of that if they were raised in America. Go go buy a $200 ticket to Cambodia next time it's cheap. Take your kids there this summer. They'll never forget the things they see, and you won't find yourself having to lecture them about how lucky they are that they have food on the table and you know they can buy a backpack at Target or maybe Walmart now since the Target uh, excitement. But <laughs> you have to educate yourself. I love lawsuits. I love legislation. Um, I, you know, I've been an attorney for 30 years. It's not like I'm ignorant in the ways of the political process. Uh, but I will say that most of what I've done that has been so effective over the last few years had nothing to do with either of those two things because I am in a communist state and I recognize that probably more readily than anybody else in California except those who had fled here from a communist country. And so when you go, I mean, think about it logically for a second. I'm going to go work in Cambodia and try to rescue sex slaves. I'm going to go work in Laos, a currently communist country, and and rescue sex slaves. Do you really think you're going to run up to the nearest policeman and say, hey, Mr. Police Officer, that bad person over there is selling children for sex. Do you think that he is going to arrest that person over there? Let me tell you, he ain't going to arrest that person over there. You know why? Because that person is the brothel owner, and he's so poor as a cop that when he gets done at 5 o'clock today, he's going to go work for the brothel from 5 p.m. to midnight for a second paycheck so his kid doesn't have to get sold to a brothel. Mm -hmm. So, no, the people who are the prosecutors and the lawyers and the the politicians in these third-world countries, they're not there to help you. They're there to hurt you so that they can get a leg up and not have to sell one of their own family members. And I'm not going to criticize them for that. Who knows what we would do if we were put in that situation? Right. I I don't, you know, it's it's a very gray area context to be operating in. But what I will tell you is, if you're a good person with some sort of spiritual Christian connection or just moral true north kind of compass, and you're in these countries, you're there to get shit done. Mm Mm-hmm. When did we ever save a child out of Laos or Cambodia with a lawsuit? We didn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. But by the way, if you think we're at war, like everybody's running around going, we're at war right now. Okay. I agree. I, I, got, a, I got a good question for you right now. When was the last time you went to your U.S. history class in high school and heard from your history professor that we got ourselves out of World War II or Vietnam or Cambodia or this conflict or that conflict, that we did it with a lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Never. Never. That is not how you end a war. So I'm not here to say don't file lawsuits or don't do legislative moves at your capital. You need to keep doing that. But if that's all you're doing. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets, natural NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com.
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. You're going to lose. Because you're playing it like you're in a first world country, and I got news for you. You ain't living in a first world country right now. Not if you're in a blue state, and probably not even if you're in a red state that's more purple than you think it is. So you still have to operate to get stuff done, and you need to operate outside the box. Name and shame programs work wonderfully well. I learned about this in the sex trafficking context. St. Petersburg, Florida had a huge problem with sex trafficking and pedophiles. Finally, they had enough of it. They're like, you know what? When we arrest these guys on the wrong end of town... We're going to slap their little face up on a billboard with their name, what they do for a living, what they were charged with. And we're going to go one step better. We're going to send a Dear John letter to the wife that says, Dear Mrs. John or Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones, you probably don't know this, but your husband was arrested Saturday night for soliciting a 15-year-old for sex in a bad part of town. Not his first time either. So you might mm. want to take yourself to the nearest STD clinic and make sure you're not dying of AIDS or chlamydia or gonorrhea. Oh, Sincerely. Your local health officer. I'm not a fan of health officers, but let me tell you, I'm a fan of that health officer because that dropped the incidence of sex trafficking in St. Pete's by 24.5% overnight. Wow. Name and shame programs. I know, right? Name and shame programs work. So when you ask, how did Lee Dundas get rid of mask mandates with her friends in Orange County, California? I didn't do a lawsuit. We would have lost. Health officer had virtually unlimited discretion. Is it a flawed law? Yeah. Am I going to fix it? Not then. So what did I do? I had two PIs dig up dirt on her and found she was a methadone worker, a methadone clinic worker. She had been, prior to the time my county hired her, she had been busy handing out Suboxone prescriptions to heroin addicts for eight years. That was the sum total of her clinical experience after med school. We just made that known. She got so scared of the meeting, she ran out of the meeting, went back to her house. We showed up in front of her house in, in Irvine. 
um, using our First Amendment right and our bill, our bullhorns, she resigned the next day and took her mask mandate with her. That's great. Name and shame <laughs> programs work. Bullying your bully works. When the Special Olympics said they were not going to let little kids play unless they got the COVID shot after they had lied in their paperwork and promised the parents they didn't need the COVID backs and then they didn't about face. Again, I mean, I, I sent a really beautiful nasty gram to the general counsel of the Special Olympics and said, what the hell are you playing at? Mm-hmm. Your whole mission is to protect little disabled kids, not discriminate against the people you're supposed to be protecting. What are you, what are you doing? I, and I can write a really stern letter when I want to. And she laughed and she retaliated against him even harder. And I was like, oh, no, you don't. So again, I didn't spin my wheels filing a lawsuit. I called Bobby Kennedy. I said, hey, do you have DeSantis' phone number? And he goes, no, but I got Latipo's. Latipo, of course, is your Surgeon General yep, in that yep. state. I called up Latipo. I said, hey, you talk to DeSantis pretty frequently, right? Given, you know, what you guys do. Oh, yeah. I said, do you know what the Special Olympics is doing? And by the way, they're set to play ball this summer in your state. And he goes, they're doing what? I said, no. right? He goes, you're kidding. I go, I know. And uh, he goes, well, what would you do if you were us? I said, God, I love you, Joe, but I'm not you. And I'm certainly not DeSantis. But if it were me... I would just tell the wench from the U.S. Special Olympics Committee, you don't want to play ball by the laws in my state. You want to discriminate against these little kids and breach the contract you already have with the parents who signed them up for it a year ago? Get the hell out of my state. He goes, I like the way you think. Give me a minute. You know what they did? Because Florida's Florida and DeSantis and Latipo are DeSantis and Latipo. They did one better than my idea. They came back. And when the Special Olympics didn't back off the day before the games, day and a half before the games, they fined them $28 million or something. It was brilliant. Hit it took the hurts. woman exactly an hour to walk it back. Bully <laughs> your bully. It works. These things work, and they're cheaper than lawsuits. <laughs> oh, that's so brilliant. I absolutely love it. Uh, real yeah. quick, over on the foxhole, Porpoiseful, thank you for that cookie. And Bro Dude says, just checking in with you, Zach. I'm here. I, I don't know if you guys can see this, but hopefully you can. Um, now, also, it said in uh, uh, your uh, your biographical information that uh, you are actually, like, in terms of your heritage, you're Romani, at least to a, a certain degree. So is my fiance Lisa. She's got uh, Hungarian uh, relatives, and she's also Romani. I thought I just thought that was a cool, interesting little uh, uh, s- significance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my my mom's dad. Um uh, yeah, my my paternal, my sorry, my maternal grandparents. Um, yeah, they were all Hungarian Romani, um, one of each, I think. And my grandfather, his parents came over here to escape the Red Terror death cells that were rolling across uh, Europe at the time in those regions in the twenties, in the in the like teens, twenties, early nineteen hundreds. But they left my grandfather. My grandpa was one of thirteen kids. And they left the eldest brother behind with their parents, thinking, mm. oh, once we get settled in America, we'll send for him. And they never did. So he was still behind all the wrong curtains when uh, Hitler came into power 20 years later. And a lot of people don't know this. I'm sure your fiancé does. Um, and who knows? Maybe we're third cousins twice removed or something <laughs> or whatever that is. But um, Hitler didn't just target the Jewish people. He targeted the Romani. Yep. And he killed a good percentage of our ancestors. Um, and he targeted Seventh day Adventists and he targeted Jehovah's Witnesses and he targeted, uh, you know, disabled people and he targeted poli- any, anybody he didn't like. He targeted and they all had their own little genocide mm-hmm. at his hands. But the Romani genocide was wicked. It was not as many in numbers as the Jewish, but in percentage wise, it was similar. 
Absolutely. So did you grow up with uh, these stories about, uh, you know, the, 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 the demise of your, your relatives? I would imagine that would have an effect on your thinking as you grew up. I did, and I actually wrote about it in my book. Um, I grew up with a, so on my dad's side, my dad's mother's lineage went back to Patrick Henry. Oh, okay. So one day I, I had a cold, and I was like, I don't know, a few years old. I was a little kid. And I was reading the back of those big Kleenex, man-sized Kleenex boxes they had in the 70s, mm-hmm. the big ones. <laughs> and they would highlight a different historical figure, and it was Patrick Henry. And my mom came in to like check my fever and was feeling my forehead. I'm like, hey, Bob, who's Patrick Henry? And she's like, actually, you're related to him. He was your great, 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 whatever, grandpa. Um, and so she told me this story of, a little bit about the founding fathers at that point. And then I said something like, are you related to Patrick Henry? And she laughed. And now she's like, no, like, look at me. I, and I don't look anything like either of my parents. They both have black hair, dark brown eyes. My mother is very olive skinned and very short. She's like five, three, very muscular. She looks like a short gypsy kind of woman. And I came out a tall, butt white, albino, blue eyed, blonde. <laughs> you got all the recessive the genes. <laughs> I got all the recessive genes, like two great grandparents on either side. And I got the red hair, blue eyed gene. Right. But, um, and people used to ask if I was, uh, you know, adopted all the time, I get all pissed off. But, but anyway, yeah. So my mom was like, no, I'm definitely not the Patrick Henry. We were poor European immigrants, but my grandparents, and I've said this on Clay Clark's stage uh, a couple times, I said, you know, my grandparents slept with a loaded shotgun like on their wall until the day I died. And I grew up like, you know, knee high to a grasshopper hearing stories at their knees saying, and and they, they loved their neighbors. I mean, this was in the fifties and sixties. They were all buddy, buddy with their neighbors. They're like, Oh, that's not, we're not worried about burglary. We're worried about some government in the dark of night, even this great one that Mm -hmm. adopted us coming for us in the dark of night. And we're never going to be unprepared. And I knew from the moment I could speak that the first and second amendment were amazing and beautiful and that they were what set this country apart. Mm-hmm. And my father's dad on my father's father's side, not the Patrick Henry side. It was that my dad's mom. That was Patrick Henry. My dad's dad was um, adopted, but he joined the military. He lied about his age and wanted to go off to world war two and uh, didn't make the weight cut off or the age cut off. So I think he lied about his age. And then he ate bananas for three days. And then he go to the bathroom. <laughs> so then he, could, then he could punch above his weight class to get to get over the weight limit to get into the Navy. And he was sitting on the deck of the USS West Virginia on December 7th of 41. Mm. And that boat got bombed out from under him. They ended up going hand over hand wow. um, to a neighboring... Uh, aircraft carrier that also was bombed and then swimming through water that was on fire because there was such a big oil slick on the top of Pearl Harbor from all the ships going down and all the munitions going off and the Japanese bombers overhead that, you know, the water was on fire basically. So you were swimming through water that was on fire to get back and he had burns and they put him in a hospital for about a week and then they uh, deployed him out to the South Pacific and his second ship was bombed, mm. and he swam five or seven miles, a long way, through wow. Great White Territory into Australia. They sent him out on another ship that got bombed. Oh, my God. And he ended, I know this guy, right? Like the <laughs> cat that had nine lives. So the third ship, and they ended up in a lifeboat, him and like four or five buddies, with a half a bottle of Australian rum. They didn't have any water, but they had a half <laughs> bottle of rum. 
And there must have been some good shit, man, because they survived on it for like almost a week, right? These oh four or five guys did. And that man died, I am proud to tell you, uh, not proud of how he died, but he died of lung cancer at the age of 42. He survived oh, all wow. that. Wow. So from both halves of my family, I mean, from the time I was a kid, it was that flag is flying, there's music playing, there's, you know, the national anthem, they're saying the pledge, you stand the yeah. F up, you get your hat off, you put your hand over your heart, and you yell the pledge. You scream you know, the Star Spangled Banner, because that is a symbol of everybody who went before you who died. And you owe your mother effing life mm-hmm. to these people. And we'd get done with with little statements like that, maybe not with the F-bomb at the age of three, but maybe so. My dad was also a Navy man, so they cussed a fair bit. And um, and and he would look at me, and he was a hard ass. I mean, he was the not-so-good parent of, of the two of my parents, but he would look at me, and in this he was very good, and he'd say, you know, one day, Lee, you might you might have to fight for this country. And I'm like looking at him going, I'm going to like go to law school or be a dolphin trainer. Like, I'm a girl. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to carry on this family legacy of military. But he must have known something I didn't know. And and he said, better to die with your boots on. And if the time ever comes, you will stand and you will fight because without this country, you have nothing. People have it wrong. Mm-hmm. They think it's family first and then country. But what you don't understand until you've been in these other countries is it's country first. Mm-hmm. Because without your country protecting your rights, you won't even be able to procreate to have a family. Amen. And um, and it was just a lesson that I never forgot. And I write about it in, in my new little book that just stand up, My Fight for Freedom from the Brothels of Asia to the Streets of America, which you can buy on my personal website, LeeDundas.com. But I write about that because I feel like it was such an important part People are like, how did you get to be who you are over the last few years? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I've never been one who's been able to sit quietly in front of injustice. But I think it was part nature and part nurture. I'm, I've always been a stubborn person who will dig in my heels. I'm a Taurus. Um, but I was also raised with people who would talk to me like I've been talking to you guys tonight yeah, and tell yeah. these stories. And thank God for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, they, they they always say the Lord works in mysterious ways. So I have to believe that everything happens exactly as it's meant to. So you were meant to live that old life to come into this life, you know, a decade ago and do the work that you're doing right now. And, you know, who knows, maybe if you would have started immediately out of uh, law school, maybe you would be in a completely different place right now. And it just wouldn't have happened the way that it did. So, you know, hard times make hard men and women. And uh, and here we are today. I feel like like I'm sure you've read the book, uh, The Fourth Turning, or perhaps uh, heard about it. Oh gosh! Oh uh, yeah. Well, it's definitely a, a great read, and I think that it sums up the uh, the situation that America is in right now. You know, we have these cycles of change that exist throughout history, and uh, roughly every I believe it's every seventy years or so, we go through this type of thing uh, where it, society reaches essentially the breaking point, uh, and we're forced to reinvent after you know going through a, a tremendous calamity and, and you know a, a reawakening essentially. And it's so funny what you say because. Uh, doing all of these interviews and meeting all these people throughout my life, the uh, first generation Americans, they're always the most based. They always know exactly what's going on and they're ready for whatever happens. And they're the first to stand up and defend this nation because they yep. did escape something horrible. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, your experience with uh, Cambodia. 
I used to live in San Diego years ago, and uh, I knew a guy who had escaped the Khmer Rouge as as a child, and uh, he told some horrific stories. You know, I mean, and um, and so you know, he was very patriotic. He was a great guy, and uh, he had uh, a, a lot of uh, incredible experiences. But uh, Leah, we are basically at the end of our committed time allotment, and so I, I said I would uh, check in with you. Do you have time to take a couple of calls, uh, a couple of questions? I I think I do. I okay. think I do. Yeah, go go for it. I don't know how much longer I'll be good for, but let's let's do what we can while we can. For okay, sure. excellent. Well, we've got two people on the line, so let me go ahead and bring in that first caller. And thank you very much for sticking it out with us, everybody, through the technical issues that we're experiencing. If you can hear my voice right now, then uh, generally. After the stream has concluded, you can go back and you should be able to watch it without interruptions. So, caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Yeah, this is Casey. How we doing, Zach? I'm excellent, Casey. Thanks for your call, buddy. What's on your mind tonight? I want to welcome Leah as well, and I, I hope you had fun at Gart. I, I, I definitely had fun at Gart. It was a great time, and the, the best part was being able to meet all of the, the people from the audience. Yeah, and I will definitely try and make the next one, no matter where it's at. Um, it's in Irvine. And, and just quickly, it, it's, in, it's in Irvine. We've already got it scheduled. <laughs> so, Lee, you should come. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, a lot of right-minded people will be there, that's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, just quickly, I, I, a little housekeeping issue. You had Zoopy on yesterday, as the one caller texter mentioned. It, it was a very fascinating show. Good. I'm and glad you definitely got to leave. You got to leave time for call-ins because uh, I just ha- I wanted to correct you and Doopy. You didn't know what the name for King was in northern Ethiopia and and Egypt, uh, northern Africa, basically. Uh, so I want you to write this down, and you can look it up and see that I'm right. Uh, the word is Nagas, N A G U S, and that. That is the the word, and it's been obviously translated to mean basically the N word. So when they use the N word, they're really just calling each other king. Okay. So I, I've got no, I, I, I I've got, got no issue with it. I don't want to be a Michael Richards here, but uh, that yeah, is you, the. I don't want to, I don't want you canceled either. Well, yeah, you know, I I, I, I wasn't I wasn't certain exactly how it was going to go last night. I knew that W had a lot of quality information to give, so he was on such a roll. I decided that we weren't going to open the phones because uh, it, it was just it was too intense. So we definitely are doing another one. It's coming up in uh, about a month. So I will announce the date very shortly. But uh, what about uh, the conversation with Lee tonight? Uh, uh, What what do you have uh, for her? And absolutely, I got so many questions, but I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. You're talking about your own backyard. I think you said Orange County. Um, Can you enlighten us on the trafficking uh, through like the standard hotel with Adam Schiff and Ed Buck? Uh, uh, Anaheim, uh, the tunnels under Disneyland. I mean, so much, so much happens. I hear a bunch of kids are missing at Disneyland and Disney World that go unreported. And it's just, it's very terrifying. Um, just in the sense of these people that go after underage children. And maybe you can speak to it after you, after you talk about those issues. Just the age of majority, the age of, emancipation, the age of consent, that it's not really a national 
benchmark. Um, yeah. We send rights to kids for various things. If we had a national benchmark, I mean, I think the, what the age of consent at the turn of the 20th century was like 10. So where would we progress? I mean, I, I hate the fact that, you know, kids are on the insurance till 26. I think that's babying them. But can we have an age of emancipation to say it's 16, it's 14, but everybody come together. I mean, we don't want to see 10-year-old wives out there, but, you know, something that says if you're going to go below 18, can you, you know, at least make sure it's marriage and not, you know, boyfriend. Just if we can have a benchmark, that's my biggest point on the confusion about, you know, California wanted to put in an age of consent law and, you know, if the age difference was stop it with the murkiness. Let's just get on a simple benchmark to, you know, move forward. Lee, that would be so yeah. easy. <laughs> you know, you know, shockingly, that would be so, so sane and logical. So, yeah. of course, we can't do that <laughs> in yeah. the current political yeah. climate. But um, give me one sec. Uh my husband is waving and saying, I've got the dog and the dog needs water because it's a million degrees out here. <laughs> so um, so if you see the dog drinking water behind my head, forewarned is forearmed. But um, Dogs are great. But, we yeah. love them. Oh, it's, is that a corgi? It's a corgi. Oh, and you can see, yes, beautiful. the corgi just went behind my left shoulder. <laughs> yeah, my daughter, my daughter, you know, loves animals and has yeah. since she was two. And this is the most recent purchase. By far the best dog we've ever owned. But back to the, the Casey's question. Um Age of majority, if we could bring that into some sort of uh, common logical ground that was uh, the same across all states, that would be beautiful. But it varies widely from state to state. Um, as you know, uh, the trend, obviously, in recent years has been to increase it. Um, but there's still holdouts. I don't know offhand what they are. It's been a while since I've looked at it. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is... And, and I think we can all have this experience being honest with ourselves, looking back at our own youth. Even even 18, we're not necessarily making the best and brightest decisions sometimes. Um, so to say that kids have to wait until their later teenage years to be doing stuff so that they're not 13 and getting married, um, so that we don't have basically child brides, you know, or 14 or 15 or having sex or self-mutilating with saying, I want to get my private parts cut off. I certainly would be in favor of a standard that was in the later teenage years and sort of, you know, a blanket across the state. So we didn't have what we see going on right now with California, which is, hey, we'll be a sanctuary state. Come to our state. You can cut your genitals off as young as whatever the new bar is going to be, because I just think that's sort of wrong. And you get forum shopping, which is which is bad Um, in terms of the tunnels. I don't have firsthand information on the ones exactly in the location, uh, Casey, that you were referencing. But I will tell you an interesting story. In 2013, 14, maybe 15, somewhere around there, I went to UCLA for a sex trafficking symposium, and our vice president was there. Um, at the time, she was, I forget what position she held in California, but um, she was she was pretty far up in Cali, and human trafficking was one of her pet causes. And she was there and she stood in front of the microphone and said that she had actually herself been in the tunnels uh, between here and Mexico and that they were drywalled and finished off, that they had air conditioning grates in them and stereos and that they were running everything through them, not just people, 
um, and drugs, but weapons, like any anything you could imagine. Wow. And she said these tunnels were basically finished more nicely than the interior of some people's houses. And mm. it was very obvious the cartels were, A, running them, uh, B, weren't hurting for money, uh, given that there wasn't like the Viet Cong were, you know, hatcheting them out with axes, axes underground. It was It was looking like interior high-end construction um and they were moving vast amounts of all sorts of illicit resources between the countries so wow i am not a fan of anybody who's currently uh at the white house but i will (laughs) tell you that was a story i heard firsthand from the woman herself before i knew anything about her and um now of course i think back on that story with a slightly different viewpoint I'll just say that. But um but apparently she had seen the tunnels and they do exist and they were quite nice and they were being used even then uh for for very bad end and I nothing's yeah. changed of course. Wow. I, I got a question too about just uh, California's jurisdictional disparity with uh the pedophilia but basically and, and I know Zach is not going to be hurt by hearing some other competitors show or whatever. But it's uh, called People versus Preds, and oh, this guy I, basically goes on Grinder. I'm a subscriber. Oh, are you? I, yeah. It's a fascinating show. It's yeah. like Chris Hansen, Cops, or whatever. But how San Diego, and I'm guessing this is the prosecution or whatever, the prosecutors there, they won't go after these. Uh, a lot, most of them are old, but there are some young guys. They know it's a 14-year-old on Grinder, then on text messaging and the guy has all the evidence but the cops refuse to take it any farther than you know arresting him sometimes but he gets really frustrated dealing with san diego as opposed to laguna beach or newport or whatever so it's just the jurisdictional variety there that it's like it's almost a safe haven a sanctuary city for homosexual pedophile. Lee, I've, I've seen this in a number of other jurisdictions. Grand Rapids, Michigan is another one. There's a guy, Anxiety War, who does the same type of thing there, not specifically focusing on Grinder, but still these uh, these sting operations. And for some reason, certain jurisdictions, officers and, and prosecutors just don't want to touch it. Yeah, I, I can't speak specifically to the jurisdictions mentioned, but I can say from my own background, typically when a jurisdiction doesn't want to touch it, it's because those in power are doing it. Yeah. Not yeah. always, but yeah. I, I can't think of a time actually that would be an exception to that rule in my own background. Um, and it's funny, you know, when uh, Megan's law was first passed where you can put in your address and it populates with all the sex offenders who are in, within so many miles of you. My husband and I put in our address and we're, you know, in Orange County on one side of the freeway and there's a not so nice area on the other side of the freeway and we're up in the foothills on on the one side and we put in our address and this is almost probably 20 years ago now and all these little red lights of sex offenders come up on the on the wrong side of the track right yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. on the on the other side of the freeway and then there's a few on our side and then as you get up into the foothills which are some of the nicer areas there's like no no little red dots at all not even the date rape. Like, there's different types of red dots. Like, the deep purple is, like, the sex offender who rapes and mutilates and serial murders mm. and serial rapes. And, the like, the light orange or yellow dot is, like, the kid who was, you know, 18 by a day and his girlfriend was 17 and the parents were just looking to jack him up, right? Sure. So they, they ratted him out for stat rape. But he's probably not really a threat to, to great-grandma down the street, right? So, but but anyway, there's zero lights in around my neighborhood and my husband releases this big old pent up 
you know, breath and goes, oh, that's good to know. And I looked at him and I go, oh, <laughs> you actually think there's no sex offenders where we live? Yeah. And he goes, well, there's there's no little red dots. And I go, honey, that just means the sex offenders are the judges, cops, and lawyers. They ain't going to arrest themselves, baby. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not doing it. It just means the people doing it are high enough up in the power scheme that they're not going to bust themselves. But we had, when we were on the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force, I think it was um, Huntington Beach, I want to say, was one of the, the beach jurisdictions in, in our county, had done a sting, and one of the cops ended up busting his brother. Oh, wow. Good for him. <laughs> was one of the buyers who showed up on their little 60-minute 2020 undercover type thing was the guy had to bust his own brother. So San Diego, when I was first doing the work down there, um, was actually pretty stiff uh, back in the early teens. They were the first jurisdiction or one of the first who busted uh, a travel lodge. And what they said, because so many of these hotels and motels were turning a blind eye to it, and the pimps will use that. They'll go to these minimum wage front desk clerks and be like, hey, man, I'll pay you 20 bucks if you babysit my girls while I go get them some Mickey D's down the street. Mm. And the pimps leave, right, for two hours, and the front desk guy is now the substitute babysitter slash de facto pimp babysitter while the real pimp's out. And so I think it was San Diego. I'm pretty sure it was San Diego. The prosecutors were like, you know what? If you're going to turn a blind eye to sex trafficking in the hotel to the point that you're actually part and parcel of a conspiracy to do sex trafficking by enabling it to go forward by having your front desk clerk act as the babysitter for the pimp, we're not going to just charge the pimp when we bust you. We're going to charge the hotel owner. And I believe they charged not just the front desk clerk, but the travel lodge owners Oof. themselves. Wow. And let me tell you, you want to bring down a sex trafficking uh, a conspiracy or scheme, that's the way to do it. Because that sends a message to all the hotels and motels in the jurisdiction. We better run a tight ship and actually call the cops when we see something that's wrong instead of being part of the problem. Oh, that's so good to hear. Right. L- listen, K- Casey, we- I, I think real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be organized with the sheriff. I think the sheriff angle is probably the best one to go because cops yeah. can be infiltrated and bought out. I think the sheriffs have better jurisdiction, if you will. Hopefully they'll do better with job with the elections coming up. But if you could speak to it, if you have time, on the Standard Hotel, Adam Schiff, the raid there and everything. If you have any insight on that, I have you unfortunately no data for you on that. But if I find any, I'll, I'll come do a separate cameo on Red Pill and give you all of what I found. But right now, as of now, I don't have any any dirt. So sorry. I wish I did. Oh, you got enough knowledge. And keep up the good fight. And God bless you, Zach, for obviously taking phone calls, but uh, dealing with the technical difficulties. Because, you know, if they aren't attacking you, you're you're over the target when they do. Absolutely. So. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate you, brother. Right. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, let me just say thank you to Freight Awakening, who says, Lee, when looking into the sex trafficking epidemic, did you look into the Gettys here in California and the alleged tunnels under the Getty Museum? I have seen some pretty horrid allegations. I have not looked into the Gettys specifically. Um, I've heard the allegations as well. I can tell you that um, that area in general is a hot spot. L.A. is obvious. Hollywood, obviously, a hot spot. Um, And in many cases, you have very high-end clubs. Mm -hmm. So there was a very high-end club um, in California that caught our attention and... 
you know, you start looking into the ownership and the owners, managers, operators, and what you'll find out in, in many of those cases is the people who run these clubs, whether the owner or the manager, um, have connections to CPS or cops yep. or yep. governors. <laughs> They've got very high level protection that allows them to operate and they'll operate with word of mouth and concertina wire and the Heidi Fleiss type thing. It's a little mm-hmm. black book and you're only getting into that club if somebody vouches for you. And the way they're able to stay though in operation without eventually getting outed and busted is because they know people who are protecting them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we had another case um, uh, that was brought to my attention through an intermediary who did trafficking work. It was actually her, um, her man and his job one of the female employees at the job was getting a divorce from her husband and the kid had gone to spend time in a foreign country with dad who was about to be the divorcee dad. And the guy was an idiot. He was running a sex trafficking ring and he had all the data on his laptop and the kid was, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there, somewhere enough to be computer savvy, right? And a gamer. And so the dad gives the kid the hand-me-down laptop doesn't wipe it first so the kid goes on to do some online i don't know gaming minecraft whatever and stumbles into all of this evidence on dad's sex trafficking operation oh my god brings the laptop home to mom at the start of the school season after the few week you know two week christmas break or month you know summer break with dad and is like hey mom check this out mom's like oh my gosh and, you know, passes it on to people who know people and it, you know, comes our way at the end of the day. Um, but it was a very high-ranking um, group that was involved. And if I said the name, everybody would know the name. So I'm not going to say the name, but but you all know the name. I mean, yeah. so when, when you hear these stories, when, you, when Lynn Wood comes out and says, the trafficking or, you know, one of his guests on his show with the blurred out face and we don't know which politician it is, but the trafficking goes all the way up to the White House or it goes all the way up to this part of the government or this famous family. It may be true. It may not be true. But here's yeah. what you can't afford to do. You cannot afford to dismiss it yep. out of hand, because in many cases, what you're hearing, even though it's almost unbelievable, is actually true. Certainly. Well, I mean, immediately reminded of uh, the Boys Town scandal and the Franklin Credit Union scandal from uh, the early ni- 1980s. Uh, and of course, uh, I mean, that stretched all the way to the White House and uh, and the RNC with uh, Larry King, Lawrence King at that time. We've talked about that. I, I would love to get Nick Bryan on the show, uh, interview him. Uh, OK, uh, Fredo also said great interview. Thank you to Zach and Lee. Amazing patience with the obvious attacks on the stream due to the subject matter. Keep fighting we've already won we just need to see it through and then future objective says proving cabal ddos attacks never work five dollars at a time we salute you lee thank you very much guys appreciate the support uh next caller it looks like it's actually a southern california number caller you're on the air make sure you mute the stream in the background and what is your question for lee yeah hey zach uh corruption detector and uh lee hats off to you and the work you've done sounds like a reunion here of southern california people yes we uh we we uh, started out in la and uh went to fullerton in 1956 and yorba linda in 1960 and wound up in san diego we're actually up in a nice little mountain town of idlewild right now oh i love idlewild adore it 
it's lovely up here but hats off to you and your work your stories are just amazing i've heard you several times i'd like to come and see you when you um speak at one of these events my wife and i like to come and and hear you but um you know you guys are talking about these uh conspiracies etc which you know uh, six months ago they were conspiracies and now they're coming true and and all of this work that you've done uh, here and elsewhere uh, i have been amazed at what i found out versus what mainstream media is uh you know spewing out to us and the lies that are coming from this war that's been going on over in ukraine for a year and a half uh uh, now and uh, you know, understanding that th- there are two sides to every story, and the, the involvement of the Nazis, the the bioweapon labs that we know on the north, the innocent speaking people, uh, Russians in the east, who by the way have already voted that they want to annex to Russia, and uh, being persecuted ever since we went in and toppled the last regime. But now I'm hearing more, and maybe you can enlighten me on this horrible. Uh, idea and atrocity that's being uh, perpetrated uh, with not only the live organ harvesting, but the child trafficking that goes on in Ukraine. Yeah, so war, as you might imagine, regime change, um, natural disaster, all of these are perfect storms and, you know, fertile soil for bad people to move in and do bad things. And, um there's been a lot of uh, upset in that part of the world, and um, obviously the the news coming through mainstream media is at odds with what the reality and the truth are. Um, there are missing children. Uh, I was actually planning on going to Ukraine uh, earlier this year at some point, um, but uh, government clearances and logistics, there's a lot that goes into going to a country that's sort of war-torn so that hasn't come to pass but um yeah you know you go to these places you work in southeast asia like i have and you start to see that people are commodities they're chattel they are they are rape sponges they are simply a concatenation of organs to be harvested and that is the viewpoint of the cartels of the mafias um, across the world. I mean, all of these trafficking programs are being by, run by mafias all the way across the world. Asian mafias, South American mafias, you name it, just different, different bad guys in different regions, but they're all, all mafia cartel type guys. And all the way down to the teeny tiny brothels or the guys, you know, harvesting organs or those doing bad work in China against ethnic minorities. It's all one and the same. It may look a little different region to region. It may have a different power broker uh, allowing it to occur, exploiting it in, in these various countries and towns. But what you can say with certainty is when there is not a country like America that has a robust, or I should say formerly, previously, had a robust law enforcement response, had a fairly decent system of resolving conflict in the form of our criminal justice system and putting bad guys away as a deterrent measure to keep the society safe. You know, you're in a first world country, you can afford to go up to a cop, to a lawyer and say, this is happening, and have them take it seriously and have a good result occur. You walk up in a third world country or a country without that network, um, and you're walking into the lion's den half the time. More often than not, the guy in uniform 
is, like I said earlier, alluded to earlier, part of the problem, or at least working for the guys who are part of the problem. And it's very, very sad. What we do know right now is that there's lots of orphans. Um, there's just like there are here, orphans, foster youth. These are the groups that are routinely targeted. Um, you know, natural disaster comes into Cambodia. Same thing. They get a typhoon. You end up with 60 orphans. Well, guess who the first people to move in and take possession of them are? Not the government. They move too slow most of the time. Not the good-hearted people. We're still getting on our planes. It's the guys on the ground who are sex traffickers or organ traffickers or whatever the bad guy is in that region doing, looking to, you know, make a kid a mule or whatever it may be. So when you're hearing there are issues in that part of the world with trafficking, you're not incorrect. Um, unfortunately, and again, not to say like, oh, I don't have any firsthand experience, but I like to differentiate when it's firsthand versus not firsthand. I would have had, if I'd gone to Ukraine earlier this year, firsthand data for you. Um, unfortunately, I don't have firsthand data, but I can tell you that from what I've deciphered from people who have been on the ground, there's a big problem over there. Um, and the mainstream media has the bad guys and good guys inverted, as they usually do. We're getting some excellent work from, um, you probably are very familiar with Michael Yan. Yes. He's going to be coming on the show here shortly. Oh, that'll be wonderful, Zach. But his reporting from the the Darien Gap down south and what's coming up in caravans and the atrocities that are being uh, perpetrated on these young children is just absolutely disgusting. It's horrifying. Michael Yawn, I met him. He embedded with the convoy. You know, I'd spearheaded the U.S. convoy, got the guys together, hired him a retired naval commander, I uh, got all the venues for the truckers. And Michael Yon actually embedded with us out of um, the West Coast and traveled uh, a good portion of the way um, uh, and with Ann Vandersteel, who is also now rolling with Michael Yon again through the Darien Gap. And they're seeing horrible stuff. If you're following his reporting, they've weaponized all sorts of viruses from, you know, yellow fever to malaria to goodness knows what in the Chinese labs. Um, and these people are coming up infected with stuff that our immune systems are probably honestly not really well equipped yeah. to handle, even those of us who have good immune systems. And they're coming up. I, I don't, nobody even has a good count. I mean, I talk to the ranchers on the border all the time in Texas and some of the border states. Um, and these guys, it's horrifying. They say, do you know that the government puts watering holes on our, you know, ranch land? And I'm like, oh, they do. And they're like, yeah, yeah. That way, you know, when the people are coming up and they, misestimate or you know their coyote leaves them high and dry and they're dying of starvation or thirst at least they can get water they but they, what they told me and it was fascinating they said do you know what languages these watering hole signs are in and i'm like no like i'm assuming like spanish right because most of the people coming over are, they're like no the first language is chinese huh. second I heard language it. is spanish um, and then i the third are like Middle Eastern languages, which, of course, reflects yeah. what Jan is seeing down there, which is a lot of the people coming over the border right now are not. They're not from South America. They're not from south of our border. They're from the Middle East. Well, who are those guys? Those are the radical jihadi terror training yep. cell guys that I deal with when we're in Sungai Kalak, the, the town of 140 child brothels that I work in in Thailand, across the river on the Malay side are nothing but radical jihadi terror training camps. The first time I went down there... I'm sitting in a car like this. It was, uh, well, it wasn't an SUV. It was a passenger car. And the pastor who's taking me down there is going like 120 miles an hour. And I'm jet lagged and I'm tired. And, you know, you're sitting on the wrong side of the car and it's all in kilo and this instead of miles per hour that. But I must have given the guy a funny look because the pastor looks over at me and he goes, you want me to explain? And I go, hell yeah. 
and he goes, <laughs> see the rubber tree outside the, the, the window there? And it's, I mean, it's jungle, right? When you're in Thailand, it looks like Hawaii jungle, you know? And I go, yeah, I see the rubber tree over there. And he goes, so the way they work it is they stand behind a rubber tree and they wait for a good looking target car. And I look at the pastor and I go, uh-oh, like a rental car full of butt white people because he's Norwegian. He's whiter than I am. And he goes, yeah, or military or cop. Those are good target cars from their perspective, too, as terror bombing guys. And then they remote detonate. And he does this with his finger. And I look at the guy and I go, oh, my gosh. So you're just at running their trigger finger right now? That's why you've got the pedal on the floor? And he goes, exactly. Wow. I said, well, keep it on the freaking floor. Three hours later... After passing four or five checkpoints that had sawhorses back and forth, raised tax strips, concertina wire, sawed off like, you know, weapons and guys going under my car with a, a what looks like a pool extender pole, yep. but it has a mirror at the end to make sure that we're not packing a bomb underneath our car. Mm -hmm. Finally, we get to the town of 140 child brothels. And the first year I worked there, that town blew up 330 times. A oh. bomb a day was going off because the jihadis need to practice their bombing skills and the way they do that is they just bomb the brothels over the river so these are the guys that michael yon and ann vandersteel are seeing coming up through the darien gap mixed in with all the people who are coming up from you know central america who are trying to get away from the cartels wow but yeah that's what we're dealing with now i see that they've found uh literally uh, tens of uh uh, what Best Buys and Walmarts, empty uh, uh, places where they've got kids, uh, just, you know, thousands of kids in these uh, empty Walmarts. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that. I don't have firsthand knowledge of it. But again, the things that all of us thought were conspiracy theories years ago are suddenly not. I mean, mm -hmm. look, look at here in Reedley, California, like some admin bureaucrat saw a green garden hose sticking out of some warehouse and they go in there yeah. and it's a chinese bioweapon lab in yep. the middle of bfe california with state funding going, <laughs> right? like what yeah, the hell? yeah what <laughs> what what lab leak yeah yeah right yeah exactly well listen oh. vortex we've got to uh, move on to the next caller because we got several people on the line i don't want to uh, see if we can get to all of them so i really appreciate you and thanks for sticking up for me over there on getter you're right i have no control over the size of the font on somebody else's computer i can't do anything about it <laughs> all right well, I'll, I'll let her know i appreciate you guys it. take care and leave we got to come out and see you you're just you're an amazing lady well, it sounds great. I'm going to be in Reno on Friday the 22nd at Boomtown Casino. So uh, shoot me an email at lee, L-E-I-G-H dot E-S-Q at gmail dot com if you want to come. And then I'm going to be doing both of the next Clay Clark events. The next one, I think, is Miami Doral, October 14, 15. And then I'm going to be in Cali in your backyard, my backyard, in Tulare, December 15th-ish. So go to Clay Clark's Reawaken America site. You can buy tickets. And uh, if you don't want to go all the way to Miami, where my host is apparently near, come see me in our backyard in Tulare. Hey, we look forward to it. All right, brother. Sounds Talk good. to you soon. Have a great night. Thank you. All right. Next caller. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Hi there. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Yes. Who are we speaking with? I'm Fearless Patriot. Fearless Patriot. Good to hear from you. Uh, what is your question for Lee? I actually don't have a question. I just have a comment. I just want to thank her for everything she does because I, I'm prior law enforcement and my heart goes out to her. That's all I got. Oh, 
Beautiful. Well, my dear, thank you so much for those kind words. And uh, they mean a ton for me, especially knowing they come from somebody else who's been uh, in the thick of it doing uh, good work to save good people. I um, Hats off to you. You couldn't pay me to do the job that law enforcement does. You guys are literally paid to go into gnarly situations, never knowing if somebody's going to pull a gun out of some hidden part and uh, and do away with you just because you're trying to do good work for God and country. So uh, as grateful as you are uh, for my work, I am equally grateful for your work. Much love to you. You know, I think I think one comment I do have that most people, I'm an immigrant from Europe as well, and most people here in America have no clue what happened in the Nazi times in Europe. I got stories from my grandparents from over there, and that still revels up my skin when I think back about those times. Um, and most people here are absolutely clueless, and that's why I think, um, how do I say this? That's why I think that most people here really not realizing how deep we're in the shit show. Oh, yes. if I can say it like you that. You can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's exactly right. You've said it well. And what I've been urging people to do every time I grab a microphone, as I said, you need to listen to the abused kids and wives and the mm-hmm. communist and fascist regime immigrants, because those are two people that were on the stages at the very beginning. I'm talking March, April, 2020, screaming that we were headed back there and, and we were pilloried for it. We were, you know, even the people who were with us were like, Oh, Lee, you know, cause I said, I believe we're on a, a bullet train to Auschwitz if we don't course correct. I literally said that in front of the Sacramento Capitol in April of 2020. And even the people who were with me were kind of like, girl, that was a little bit kind of over the top, but the people mm-hmm. who were lockstep, like you, me, I thought it was so weird that we're on these freedom stages and I'm like, what a motley crew of people we are. We're a bunch of, you know, victims of abuse and or people who worked and lived in communist countries or fascist regimes or descended from that. And then one day it just, it just struck me and I thought, you know what? We're the people who survived because we didn't listen mm-hmm. to the parents yeah, of the governments who were the supposed to protect us. And it's the same as the jab and everything else, the brainwash, it has gotten so deep that people can't even see. They can't even right. see through the fog. And the ones of us who see, we're the crazy ones, right? Yep. yep. Well, they're seeing now. So, I mean, the good thing about the jab is it's such a killer that people are either dying because they failed. I, I call this a Holocaust. You know, the original Holocaust took out the physically weak, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. Holocaust is taking out the emotionally blind and those who cannot critically think or who are mm-hmm. unwilling to learn from the experiences of others, like the communist immigrants, right? And and those are the ones who are falling under the bus this time. And the the good news is the, the shot is so harmful and so overt in its side effects that people are either dying and they've learned the hard way, which is to say they're not here, or they've been injured, which I wouldn't wish on anybody, death or injury, mm-hmm. but they can now make that calculation that they failed to make the first time before the shot. Now they put two and two together and they're joining our ranks by the handfuls. And we're, we're getting there. I do think we're going to win this war. I think every so often we go through dark times in history, but eventually good triumphs. And I think it will triumph again. The question is how much carnage between where we are now and the end point. And, you know, if we had had people like this show up in the midst of Auschwitz, 
and you know Birkin, Bergen Belson and all those other ones, we never would have had the Holocaust. We would have been rolling video and sound 24-7 to the world showing the horrors. Um, and we have to recognize that the legacy media is dying on the vein, you know, on the, on the vine. Mm-hmm. That anybody who's got a cell phone and a podcast or even just a cell phone is the new media. Mm-hmm. And we are changing hearts and minds. 90% of CNN viewers aren't watching anymore. Yep. 42% of Democrats <laughs> are listening to Fox. And that was before Tucker left. Now I'm sure they're following Tucker to his new home. Yep. And these people are waking up. It's just slow and it's painful. And I am not a patient person, but <laughs> we're getting there. And uh, and I think we're going to win. We just need to stay the course. Absolutely. Well, agree. we have to win. There was also one more thing I wanted to say. I was in, uh, in 2003, I deployed with the U.S. military and they, I went to the sandbox. And, uh, you know, we had the news following us over there. And as you guys giving away our position, I got in big trouble for saying that to them because I said, get that, get the, those freaking news out of here because they're just lying anyways. Yeah. And, you know, war came and gone and we went back home and I could not watch TV anymore because I was like, that's all just lies what they're telling us. And we knew in our unit that they're being telling us all lies and they had to take the anthrax shot you know in my opinion that's just my humble opinion is that the anthrax shot was the precursor of testing the COVID-19 on the military in 2003 it's just a thing I put out there just something I, I, there's a great I don't doubt it I don't doubt it there is a great book it's called vaccine a and it's from Gary Matsumoto or something like that. And it's a great book for anybody who got injured by the anthrax vaccine. So that's all I got. I want to thank you both. Thank you. And much love to both of you. And I better shut up now so that you can take the next caller. All right. Appreciate you <laughs> thank so you much. Thank you so much for your call. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk to you much soon. Much love. Much love. Absolutely. Much love. All right. We've got two callers. Lee, is it okay to uh, to run through these? Yes? Okay, great. Yeah, we, we should bust a move, but yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Lee's got to go soon. So if you would, with uh, a bit of expediency, what is your question for her? I love her to death. If there's anything, anything I can ever do for her, if she comes to North Alabama, I'd love to. For her to stay at my house. <laughs> but, I would love to stay at your house in North Alabama. Thank you. <laughs> but mostly it is for you, Zach. Okay. I have been putting this off for months. I know since you made to Florida that you have been going to doctor's appointments and things. And I've noticed that you've got a tickle in your throat most of the time. Yep. Yep. And one, one of the side effects, if they put you on blood pressure medicine, is... One of the one of them is the tickle in your throat. Yeah, go so, to your pharmacy no. and find out, and then you may need to go to the doctor and have it changed. So I'm actually not on blood pressure medicine. I am 99% certain it's because I vape, but I'm working on just getting rid of vaping altogether. I actually got some nicotine pouches so that I can, uh, you know, satiate that craving. But I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's what it's from. I'm actually not on any statins, no blood pressure medication. They they did want to put me on it, but I have done enough research to know that that's probably not a good idea. So I try to well, know, stay away from too many meds. I'm uh, I'm on the nicotine too, so I can't blame yeah. you for that. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate your concern. I mean, uh, obviously, I know a number of people have mentioned it, and uh, it seems that uh, it happens like later in the day because I've already been talking all day, and uh, you know, it's just the kind of the nature of the beast. So I probably need to be drinking tea as well instead of uh, energy drinks. 
Well, that would help too. Yeah, but yeah. I'm gl- I'm glass I'm glass Wanda on Fox Hole and Rumble. Okay, so. awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling. So I appreciate you. All right, all right. Give her my number if she ever needs it. Okay, I will I'll go ahead. It. I'll yeah, I'll save it right now. Okay, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, and final caller of the evening. Caller, you're on the air. You are the last caller. Can we get your name and question? Hi, brother. This is Colin. How you doing? I'm good, Colin. How about yourself? Well, I'm a bit under the weather. Yeah, it sounds like so it, man. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, you know, my, my usual thing, because, I, but I wanted to share a few things, if you don't mind, for a quick second. It won't take long. Sure. Yeah. Um, I went to go, uh, I went to a meeting where, um, uh, Ramaswamy. Ramas, what is it? Ramaswamy? Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy, right? Yep. And in the car on the way there, I said, well, I'll get through this meeting, and um, I think I'll just go on down to the Capitol and um, and meet with um, uh, Gates because of that great speech that he did about nothing being done with McCarthy, okay? Yep. yep. So I said, okay, I'm planning this out. Well, I get up there, and guess who's sitting in the front row? Matt Gates. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, woohoo, finally, you know, somebody, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time, and just trying to find people that really care. Um, so I did my, you know, as quick as I could, and I'm sorry to report, but, uh, another Trey Gowdy, as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah. I literally I explained it to him as quickly as I could. And then he said, I'm, and here's the kicker. I'm, that was, that was the, the, the word or words. I am not interested. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, you're not supposed to exist when you're in office. Okay. That's number one. Um, but I, so then I went from, you know, oh, great. You're a wonderful guy to what the heck? And then all the way, you jerk, okay? So what I did was um, I said, so you're not interested in people in the government who have sworn an oath to support the Constitution. You're not interested in them knowing the Constitution and being tested on it. Nope, not interested. I said, well, are you interested in promoting it at least? Nope, not interested. Um, That's one. Number two, um, you know, I've been handling these cases for for quite a while now, and – we just did a removal, okay, of these two cases, one which was dead in 2007. It was a probate case. The statute says it's over in three years, and yet they used that case so they didn't have to file a new one so they didn't have to give her the opportunity to respond, et cetera, et cetera. All right. We went and removed it on Wednesday. On the next one week, well, that Friday, that Friday, they were served on Wednesday. It's removed. The statute is clear what it says. It says it cannot do anything until the – uh, federal court either remands it back or gives them instruction. Well, guess what? They went ahead with the hearing on Friday, and then on Wednesday of this week, just the other day, they issued an order replacing the tr- the uh, trustee. Okay? Mm-hmm. So here we have, I mean, and this is what a lot of people don't know. I mean, maybe as an attorney, you can go in and find, you know, you can find a, a few other people, and they, they respect you because you're part of the Bar Association, but uh, we even found out that the Bar Association in Idaho had forfeited its license. So how is it operating in the first place? That's then, of interesting. Course, they were trying to attack us because we were helping this woman out. They're trying to attack us and say, oh, you're practicing law without a license. And so I sat there and said, well, so are you. So let's see your license. Well, they can't provide it. Anyway, the point is, is that I still say um, over and over and over again, I, I don't know how to get it done. Maybe you know, I'll leave it up to you because you're a lot smarter than I am, but. I really think that mandatory competency testing is a, is going to be 
the corrective lens for the Hubble telescope, if this is going to be the corrective lens for justice in the United States of America, because they don't know the law and they don't care to know the law and they step and walk all over it because once the minions, the lower people, um, know the law, they won't allow the upper people to get away with it because what their answer will be, oh, I'm not taking that shot. I better take it because I'm going to get fired. No, now it's going to be, if you give me that unlawful order again, I'm going to have you arrested. I have to report you under 18 U.S.C. subsection 4. That would change the whole idea of empowering people. And I've been doing this a long time, empowering people that were even illiterate. And it just changes their whole life once they know the law. Um, so I'm just saying, at least the very least, expectation. You know, you want you want a mechanic to know something about brake shoes and brake pads and brake lines. Yep. Uh, in order for them to work on your break. How come these people who hold positions of public trust are not required to be tested as to their competency and periodically? That, to me, is a very simple uh, solution, and I would love to hear what you have to say about it. And blessings, blessings, blessings. I appreciate everything you do. And I think I'm going to just fall out right now okay well let's we'll get lee's thoughts but thank you so much colin appreciate it all right so yes lee colin's idea is mandatory competency training competency of uh, knowledge when it comes to the constitution because all these public servants take an oath and, and oftentimes they don't know anything about the constitution they certainly can't cite any of it uh any thoughts yeah, I mean, I think you should be minimally competent uh, in the thing that you're actually sworn to uphold. So I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, there's, there's all sorts of, I mean, you can take competency from two different perspectives. Like, they should be competent in the subject matter, yes. They should also be competent in life. Like, we have somebody literally, and I've said this multiple times, I'll say it again, we have somebody sitting in the White House that I would not, in good faith, as a practicing attorney, actually swear as a witness. Because... I would think that he was actually functionally like incapable of passing an actual competency. Agreed. Pass. Like there, there's multiple politicians in recent history. I mean, uh, what's his name? Who's having Fetterman? Who am I thinking? Fetterman uh, in in Pennsylvania. He just he oh, had no, strokes. Yes, him. But the the old guy who had to be escorted off, and they think he's having many strokes. Why oh, am I uh, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, yeah I haven't. I haven't eaten. Diane Feinstein. I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like yeah, these people should like yeah like it's it's like elder abuse that yeah. they're still having to work when they're not competent and. So anyway, so um, I I don't disagree. We've got a massive issue with the fact that uh, you know lawyers and other public officials, cops. I mean, I'm routinely educating cops on the law when I call them out to mask disputes and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I'll give you a funny parting story that that just sort of underscores the last caller's point. Um, I gave a speech in early January, not the 6th, the 5th, in a city far, far from my home. Um, and I, I basically talked about the fact that election integrity was very important and that if you don't have election integrity, you become like Thailand. Thailand mm. has a coup d'etat every six and a half years. Yep. Why? Because they've lost the ability to elect those people who would serve them. They've lost the right to an honest vote. When you lose that, you become like for sale to the highest bidder to the, you know, foreign power that wants to come in and throw, overthrow your election. That's what we as the CIA with Dominion did as so many other banana republics. And now mm-hmm. we're doing it here as well. Yep. Shocker. But, um, it, it's really a problem because that's sort of the make break point, right? So I was talking about this and as well, I was talking about the fact that there's only one crime that our founding fathers actually put in the U.S. Constitution. And it's it's treason. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk about murder. They don't talk about rape. Are those awful crimes? Of course they are. 
mass murder in particular kills lots of people. You have a guy bomb a building, you can have hundreds or thousands of people die as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Even that was not engraved into the heart of our Constitution. There is one and only one crime that made the cut, and that is treason. Mm-hmm. And I believe, humbly speaking, that that is because our forefathers understood that treason done right and treason done well kills an entire country. Yep. Not just a handful of people or a few thousand people. Treason done right, treason done well. You sell out America, you've got 300 plus million people who are now potentially not going to survive, nor are our children or the would-be kids, kids, kids of our familial line. And that is a problem. And that is why it is mentioned in the U.S. Constitution. And it is why there are certain penalties for that crime. Because if you don't severely punish it, and the guy gets out because he's pardoned by, ooh, I don't know, maybe the people who he was trying to get elected who now have risen to power, and now he's pardoned, he can go do it again and do it right this time. Yep. And kill you kill you right, right? Well I, So I was I was talking about these issues. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, you know, Smedley Butler, the the situation uh, uh during World War Two. You know, uh, Prescott Bush, he ended up having two sons who became presidents of the United States of America. And I think it's arguable that, you know, the CIA was definitely involved in that one too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they all, you know, are buddies and they all go to the same frats at Yale and secret societies. Anyway, we go down that rabbit hole. But there I am just talking about um, treason and Article three, Section three, I think it is of the Constitution. And um, and and I talk about it and I say, you know what, there's a reason that the death penalty is penalty for Mm. that particular crime. And I don't say these things lightly. I don't think we need to be throwing the death penalty around for every Tom, Dick and Harry crime. But there are certain places and times, and, and this would be one of them. And by the way, under federal law, um, you can punish that a variety of ways now, um, including whatever is lawful in any state, which is still firing lines, which is still electrocution in some states. And, you know, the more common ones are obviously lethal injection. So I get done with my, my little rant, and um, we sing, you know, biblical songs in the in the rain for a couple hours and then the next day excitement happens 28 hours later yep so this public defender in la county writes a letter to my state bar and accuses me me of abandoning my const my oath to the u.s constitution to uphold and defend it (laughs) because he is appalled at my speech and he explains, or the bar does in recapping his complaint, the part of my speech that he found most offensive. So I write a response letter that says, Dear State Bar, thank you so much for this awesome opportunity to respond to this very serious allegation. Your freaking complainant is an effing mental midget. <laughs> because the part that he found offensive of the effing thing that I said was the part where I wasn't abandoning my constitutional duty and and whatnot, you know, oath to uphold the Constitution. It's the part where I was freaking quoting it. Yep, yep. Why? And and to your caller's point, I was like, 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 oh my gosh, like, have you never read the U.S. Constitution? I didn't say Article 3, Section 3. It's pretty obvious I was tracking the wording of that particular paragraph. I mentioned it as much. Mm -hmm. And that was the part that he found offensive and used to say that I had abandoned my duty to uphold the Constitution was where I was actually quoting it. So, yeah, I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea that our public servants were minimally they should be held to some sort of room temp level IQ 
I, I, something, like yeah. something, anything at this point is better than having people who I think maybe the walking dead inhabit political office, which is where we are right now. I mean, we're the laughing stock, even in Thailand, just so you know, mm-hmm. when I went to get out of my car in LA uh, for a rally, I op- it was this car. I opened up the door and there were flies buzzing around. And I'm like, that's weird. Like they were just hanging out. I told my husband, I go, go parallel park further up. And I look back, I'm like, what were they buzzing over? Human feces. Yep. Yep. I grew up in, I, I grew up in LA County and, and I looked at my husband and I said, this is bad. This is a bad day in America because you know something, honey, I work in a town of 140 child, child brothels working against the biggest mafias in the world who are the ones running the brothel, brothels. And on the backside, on my six, instead of protection, I've got jihadi bombers over the river bombing us from the backside. And even they do not shit in the street. Are running. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. 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 Oh. Yeah, we need to clean up America. I would part on this. Um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Margaret Mead said, never doubt a small group of concerned citizens can change the world for, indeed, we're the only ones who really ever have. Something like that. I'm, I'm slaughtering it a bit, but that's the gist. I think the we're getting there. The sentiment rings true. <laughs> the sentiment rings true. To your, um, to your European caller earlier, uh, you know, I said, I think we're going to win. She said, we must win. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I do think no we, question. we should win, but she's absolutely right. The future of our planet and our children hang in the balance. We must win. Can I can I say one more thing? Absolutely. I, I know. Okay. Have you ever talked to your viewers about the the rats and the hope experiment? The rats and the hope experiment. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I no, I haven't, but I'm familiar with it. So please go for it. Okay. 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 So this guy decides he wants to. Um, figure out how long rats are going to swim. And he dunks a bunch of his domesticated rats that he was using in uh, lab rat experiments into vats of water. And he thought they were going to swim for a while, but it really only took the the domesticated lab rats about 15 minutes to give up the ghost on average. Mm -hmm. And they would sink to the bottom and drown. And he's like, well, that's because they were like the fat and sassy lab rats who get three square meals a day. I'm going to get me some wild rats because surely they're going to outperform my fat, lazy lab rats. So he goes and he traps some wild rats and he throws the wild rats into the into the drink and they perform even less well. Oh, wow. Than his lab rats did. And he was fascinated. I think his name is Carl Richter, if you want to Google the experiment. And he's like, what the hell? Like the fat less muscle-bound rats that are getting three square meals a day in my lab or outperforming the wild rats that, you know, swam off the Chris Columbus ships. How is this? Why? Why is this the case? So he thinks about it, he noodles on it, and he finally comes up with a hypothesis. And he's like, I bet it's because my rats know that one of my researchers is, you know, they're trained. They get get fed every day that somebody's going to come rescue them. Mm-hmm. They know there's a human in their life that might come rescue them. So they, they held on to hope. They swam a little longer. So he decides he's actually going to test his hypothesis. So he throws more of his lab rats back into the vats for like a third time now. And around the 15-minute mark, they start to sink. And right as they're starting to sink, he plucks them out of the water. And he tells off their little lab rat head. And he whispers sweet nothings in their ear. And he's like, you're good, awesome little rats. You're good enough. You're strong enough. People love you. You know, Sally Field, right? Yep, uh, Emmy, yep. Oscar speech, whatever that is. And uh, he gives them a, a brief break. Not a very long break. Very brief break. But he reinforces the fact that human beings exist. And they might come to the rescue because they just did. Yep. And then he throws them right back in the water. And the question he was looking for is, 
are they going to swim less long? Because let's face it, they just swam to muscle failure and exhaustion yep. five minutes ago, right? They just ran a marathon. And, or are they going to swim the same amount of time or are they going to swim longer? Because now it's firmly entrenched in their mind that yes, there are humans in the, in the lab right now and they might be coming back to rescue them again. Yep. And do you know, uh, you know the answer to this. Did the, la- yeah. did the lab rats swim longer the second time or less yeah. long? Longer. <laughs> longer. Yep. But guess what your viewers don't know? They swam for fucking three days. Oh, my God. That's significant. <laughs> Much longer. Wow. All right. So hope, hope is very important. <laughs> hope is beyond yeah. important. Hope wow. is everything. Yeah. Hope is everything. We create the world we want to see. This car I'm sitting in, this notebook, this phone camera I'm holding, the, the headset on my head, all of these things were at one point somebody's bright idea living in their brain, and they made it a reality. We create our reality. We are cause over our existence with God, with our friends, with our families, with the good people in the world. And most importantly, don't ever give up hope. Because Amen. even when you think you can't swim another minute more, it turns out you can actually swim three days more if you just believe. We need to believe we will win because it is that single one variable that actually causes the difference in the result. Believe. Not after not after it's been proven to you. Believe right fucking now that this is in the bag. The good guys have already won, and we will. Wow. I, I, I love it. it. Wonderful words to part on. I sincerely appreciate you being here, Lee. Uh, tell everybody your website once again. Yeah, it's LeeDundas.com. You spell my name like that, L-E-I-G-H-D-U-N-D-A-S.com. If you go on there, there's a pop-up, and there's also a separate section of the website. If the pop-up's not working for some reason, you can buy my book there. You can buy it on Amazon. It's a little cheaper, but I don't make any money, like $0 on Amazon. If you buy it from okay. my website... I actually make money, and I haven't made money in three and a half years because I stopped doing everything that I made money doing to fight for freedom because it's obviously very important. Um, but I will obviously use your money uh, well and put it back into the freedom fight. So please buy my book, however you can do it. Um, and uh, I, I wrote it because I really think that a lot of the lessons I learned in Asia translate well here, and they are things that average moms and pops and grandparents and and teenagers can put actually in practice without having a law degree or a medical degree to save our country and to to make your piece of the world a little bit better for you and your children and your friends and family. So that's what I talk about in the book. There's color photos about my work in the brothels of Asia, which you're not going to see anywhere else, um, and and the freedom fight here. So get yourself a copy and uh, come see me at one of my next speaking gigs. I'd love to shake your hand and uh, keep tuning in to folks like your host tonight because these shows, these are the difference between us going the way of the Jews in the Holocaust and actually being able to defeat the censorship, which is the pivot point on society. If the truth gets out, good people unite and win. But if they can muzzle you successfully, you can't get the truth out. And what happens with the Holocaust happens again. So the platforms like this that we're on right now are literally the saving grace. They are the defining moment. So your sponsorship, your watching, you're spreading the word, you're smashing the like button and telling your friends to watch that is mission critical. Keep doing it. It's the front line. Uh, Lee, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll go ahead and end the call right now. And thank you so much for being here. You're welcome back anytime. I'll be in touch. Okay. 
Sounds good. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys, before we go, we do have a couple more thank yous over here on Rumble and the Foxhole that I wanted to make sure that we get. Freight Awakening says, Lee is such a champ for hanging out for so long. Thank you, Miss Dundas, and thanks, Zach, for all you do. Thank you, brother. I will convey that to Lee. Uh, And then also Tibster says, love and blessings to you both. And then we will, uh, looks like there's only a couple over here on the Foxhole. So let me say, Insight Gino, thank you for the can. CyberX Speed, thank you for the cookie and cap 78 pack. Thank you as well. Let me, before we go, just remind you that, uh, of course, nothing is working properly. Let me just remind you about the final sponsors of tonight's program. Uh, wow. Why is that, uh, <laughs> the final sponsors of tonight's program. That would be my friends at onenessdrops.com where you can pick up your chlorine dioxide water purification kits. When you do, use code RP78 to get 15% off your order. Uh, and then also at My Patriot Supply, prepare with redpill78.com. When you head on over to that special website, you can save $200 off a three-month supply of emergency food. These are 2,000 calories per day with 21 varieties of food lasting up to 25 years on the shelf over 120 pounds of food in a three-month supply of food and you need to have one for yourself and every person that you live with and then of course our good friend mike lindell at mypillow.com when you go to MyPillow.com, you can use code RP78 to save up to 80% off Mike's incredible products, whether it's the MyPillow 2.0 or the MyPillow mattress topper or the mattress itself. You can save 50% off on that one right now. The My Slippers, the robes, the bath towels, the beach towels, whatever it is, support Mike Lindell, support election integrity, support Red Pill 78. And then finally, my friends at C60Evo, which you can get to C60Evo.com forward slash Red Pill 78. And use code REDPILL78 to save 10% off your order. When you purchase in a bundle, you can save even more and still use the discount code. Thank you very much to the people at C60 Evo for sponsoring the program at MyPillow and, of course, at MyPatriotSupply and OnenessDrops.com. Thank you so much, everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Lee is absolutely correct. You know, it's really funny. Uh, I, I've always considered hope to be so vitally important, and this is why I always uh, try to ward off black pills uh, on the show. I, I want people to believe that we have a possibility of winning this. I truly believe that we will, uh, but the only way that we're going to get there is if we believe, if we have faith, if we continue to move forward. This truly is the front line. I, I do believe that. I, I want to thank Lee for being here. I want to thank each and every one of you for hanging out with us every single day. Uh, And thank you if you've liked and shared the show. Thank you if you've donated. Uh, We did actually have a donation last night on Cash App that came in after the show ended. So let me just say thank you to... Where is it? It was here earlier. Uh, <laughs> Turd Ferguson. I didn't, didn't thank Turd Ferguson, Esquire, on air. Thank you for that. And then also uh, Kathy. Kathy D. will say. All right, guys. Uh, what? Tonight is Saturday, so I'll be gone tomorrow. Uh, please uh, enjoy the Sunday with your family. Uh, have a good time at church, and I will see you Monday here at 5 p.m. on another edition of Red Pill News. Until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.